Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective. We are sitting here in a sweltering afternoon in London, Connecticut. If you hear sizzling like we're recording live from Chili's on another live show, that is not true. We are that is the sweat burning off us. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing doing well. It's uh I don't do well with the heat, but here we are. You know, we got some tragic news yesterday where the clown prince of hip hop, uh, Biz Marquis, had has sadly passed away, fifty seven years old. He gave everybody who can't sing uh, hope that they could one day become a rap star. I'm so always R.I.P. Biz Marquis. I'm always happy to hear about people younger than me that are dying from old age. That always makes <laughs> me feel happy. So, what will you be ranting about today? I'll be ranting about the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder rescheduling, as well as kind of the vein of our athletic role models uh, letting us down. I'm just happy that there's something that happened in boxing that was bad that wasn't because of Bob Arum. So I have a question for you, Zach. The city of Springfield uh, in The Simpsons exists because of, of a fight between two men. Who were they and what were they fighting about? It was James Sprungfeld, right? No. There's only one. Who's the famous person? Well, the, the, oh, God. Uh, a noble spirit and biggins the smallest man. Jebediah? Jebediah Springfield. It was about marrying your cousin. Yes, the fight was about marrying your the rights to marry your cousin. The fight was about marrying your cousin. That's what I remember about that. Because Jebediah Springfield was in favor of a community based on chastity, comma, abstinence, comma, and the value of marm root, which had no taste. Who was he having the argument with? And that person started the town next to the Simpsons. So it's obviously something Shelbyville. Bill Shelbyville. No, it's Manhattan Shelbyville. Manhattan Shelbyville. Uh, we're we're going to call that one a, a win for you because you got like two-thirds of it right. I got now. everything. You I got, got everything. everything the Shelbyville. And I did not know that the And name, you knew about the incest. I didn't know that it was uh, Shelbyville's first name. First of all, his name is not Shelby. It's Shelbyville. <laughs> and it's uh, Manhattan. I, I did not know that until I did the research for the question. How are you, Andrew? Uh, hot. Uh, very well. Otherwise, did you get a hole? In, did you get a hole in one today? Not today. Uh, no. Hang in there, brother. It's going to come. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. How it it's goes. a bad week. Next week's a better <laughs> week, and we are going to do a different take on Dead or Alive. Oh Jesus! A different take. Here we go. Because we are in the middle of the British Open. Uh, not uh, the middle. We are seventy five championship. We are seventy five. Put some respect on it. I am going to listen to my former president Donald <laughs> J. Trump and say that it's the British <laughs> Open, uh, but the the Open Championship. The last 27 individuals to win the British Open Championship are alive. Who is the first person in that lineage who has already died? That is such a good question. It was 88, which means you're going to get it right away because you're going to just picture it in your mind. might have be 89, but it's in the 80s. Sevi Ballesteros? Ding, 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 ding. That oh, is Jesus. correct. Sevi Ballesteros. Alive in our hearts, but dead, really. Yeah, uh, icon, <laughs> yeah. boss. I mean, do go on YouTube and look up this. I mean, this guy was a seriously. We'll be a we'll bad like golf is not a sport of badasses. Sevi Ballesteros, the first sort of like Spain, Spanish star in the game, just a just a rebel rouser and kind of a my, my favorite golfer for, for that, of that time frame. Just yeah. a cool dude. Yeah. So what will you be writing about today? Well, you mentioned the Open. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about how our former president. The aforementioned Donald Trump can't help himself the week of said open. Um, it's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about what uh, the Royal Nation Club of Scotland has done to uh, destroy his business interests 
in Great Britain. And I will be talking about a new law in Illinois that protects minors from being lied to by the police, having completely forgotten that my son represents policemen. And for our main topic today, we're going to look at the draft processes, namely of the NBA and NFL, uh, and how us, these three fists in the face of sports and politics, would alter them with a special interest towards labor rights and sort of uh, competitive uh, parity. We will briefly touch on MLB and NHL. We think they've done well. And that's the thing we do here. We don't really kind of, things that people do well, we don't like to, we just talk about things that suck. The That's M- about right. MLB yeah. does not do it well. They do it better than their compatriots. No, MLB has one that's so stupid it's easy to it fix. Right now. <laughs> yeah, and they'll never do it because Rob Manfred runs that show. <laughs> with that, we'll be back with some rants after the break on the Bill Bradley Collective. Passing through the intersection of sports and politics, we are the Bill Bradley Collective. Here are your hosts, Andrew, Ed, and Zach. So we're going to start off the ranch this week uh, with a story that popped last week, but just just kind of finalized itself this week. So in my mind, that's enough to justify it for this week. Next week, we should have been all getting prepared uh, as boxing fans to sit around and order uh, spent $60 to order the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder third fight in their trilogy. But unfortunately, we won't get to see the probably the biggest fight of the year. My guess, probably the oh, biggest yeah. fight of the year. Uh, we, we won't be able to be able to see that until October 9th because Tyson Fury, as well as multiple members in his camp, have tested positive for COVID-19. One of the reasons why Tyson Fury tested positive for COVID-19 is he only got one shot. He, uh, he didn't have the J&J, uh, so he had to go back for a second shot and just simply didn't do it. And uh, as we all know from everything that scientists have told us and doctors is that it's really kind of pointless to only get one shot. You're not really vaccinated. You're not, you know, you have a, a small effectiveness. This then was followed up by the All-Star game where there was an outbreak of COVID that delayed the Yankees, Red Sox series, and pretty much, Andrew, correct, delayed the entire start of the second half of this baseball, right? Well, the Yankees and Red Sox were scheduled to kick off the post-All-Star break uh, session Thursday night. It was supposed to be first of four games, and that game was scrapped early Thursday afternoon because of the positive test of, or, or not the, or the, or, yeah, the positive test of Aaron Judge. Judge. And uh, Gio Urshela, a couple of teammates, and obviously the All-Star game, you watch the Home Run Derby too, and it's everybody's on the field together at once. The All-Star, when they announce the lineups, everybody's on the Everyone's field. Everyone's there. very close. And, and then, you know, that's not even show, talking about, like, them in the dugout together, them in the right. locker room together, them doing post-activities at the hotel, things like that, or just meet and greet with the media. You know, after, after we have been in this hellscape for a year and a half, the fact that you know we we the fact that we're still having athletes and you know elite competitors test positive for COVID while vaccinations are free, they're free. It doesn't cost you a penny. You could be a millionaire. It's free. You could be a pauper. It's free. And you know we talked a little bit about Clay Beasley. I've been frustrated by you know Zach Wilson's answer on the Jets when he said it's a personal choice. You know which it is a personal choice, but these are supposed to be role models and. Right now, the, the last cohort to get vaccinated are people 12 to 17 that are going back to school in the fall. 
and if they're unvaccinated, put, of course, teachers at risk, put other students at risk, and other students then bring that risk home. So it causes this chaos where community spread becomes prevalent. And we're at a point right now, I mean, I know nobody likes to think about it, nobody likes to talk about it, where the Delta variant is just ravaging large parts of this country. Uh, Arkansas had a 100%, over a 100% positivity rate than they had the last the week before. We're seeing this in places like Illinois. We're seeing this in places like Missouri. We're seeing this in places like Alabama. We're seeing this all over the country. We, I mean, in Connecticut, we've gone, our, our infection rate, our daily infection rate has gone up pretty significantly over the last couple of weeks. And to set an example for these kids, which are the last ones, a lot of kids look up to athletes as role models. I mean, I know I did when I was a kid. Uh, Andrew, I imagine you did when you were a kid. You know, Dad, I, Brandon, I imagine yeah. you guys did when you were kids. You look up to athletes because these are the people on TV that are doing these superhuman feats. That you want to do for a living. Th- that you want to yeah. do for a living. Well, you, never a, will, well, you just want to do in front of your friends on the basketball court. Exactly. Like, we all played games with kids. Exactly. You want to hit the home run and toss the bat, you know, like, a bait, like, like Aaron Judge does or do something like that. Do you think, like, these athletes, you know, both Tyson Fury and what he did in causing the delay, which, by the way, is going to piss me off because if he loses, he's going to blame it on COVID. And if he wins, they're going to talk about how fantastic it was that he beat COVID and won. So there's no good narratives coming out of that fight. Do you think these athletes are failing in their role as role models? Well, I'm always reluctant to ascribe role model status to athletes. I I think... That if you're raising your children to look up to athletes, uh, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to be really disappointed, you know, because Muhammad Ali's dead. But what I think should be done is, you know, if Aaron Judge wasn't vaccinated or... He was, vac- he was vaccinated, but still tested positive. Okay. But, but the, other people that, the other people that tested positive are not vaccinated. Right. I think if you lose, if you have to delay a game because members on your team are not vaccinated, those should be forfeited. And the player should lose his salary for the day for the game, like that would that would get everybody vaccinated, except if, Clay Beasley, except Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley, right? Cole, Cole Beasley. God, because, I, I got even confused with Clay Cole, Travis, another right, because, like the same person. Because Cole Cole, Be- Cole Beasley wants to look as much and act as much like a meth addict as humanly possible, but I mean, if you had to forfeit the games, then there would be cr- tremendous pressure from your teammates to do that, like. Why does Deontay Wilder? I mean, it should change for Deontay Wilder. It should change the purse. Yeah, yes. Like, it should be a ten percent switch from Fury to Wilder, because Wilder now cannot fight a second fight this year. Not that he necessarily would have, but he could have. He could have fought Logan Paul, and he could have made a he, lot he of money. Fought, he <laughs> if, if, if he lost, he would have fought Andy Ruiz in like November. Right, and and, and so you, you know, which would have been a big money the, fight the, too. The recklessness of of this behavior in terms of its implication on others. You know, Zach Wilson, your quarterback, Andrew's quarterback, you know, saying it's a personal choice. I wonder if he believes that a woman's reproductive rights are a personal choice because what the, the person who asked that question, who did not follow up with that question, should be fired and they should put a competent journalist in their place because that's the question. And Zach Wilson would say, no, that's murder, even though 500,000 people died from COVID and then everyone would boo Zach Wilson, hopefully. I don't want to boo Zach Wilson yet. Well, you know what? Let him start I mean, 0 and 9. And <laughs> Let me go 0 and 9 and hope for Jack McGuire or whoever the second string of the Jets quarterback is. It's Driscoll, I think, right? Um, is no, it, it, it's crazy okay. people. No. Um, per, to personal choices. I mean, personal choices have have consequences. And we remember, it's it's almost stunning to me that we 
we got through this first half of a baseball season. And obviously at the very beginning, there were hiccups with like the Nationals, uh, their season yep. like didn't start like a week late. The NBA season kind of, I mean, obviously there were teams that had issues, but it never, it didn't really, it, it really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And now I'm thinking about the NFL season that's forthcoming and all of these like high profile guys in the NFL that are like kind of taking this anti-vax or not anti or just like vax skeptical, like it's personal choice. They're not going to answer the question by, they're answering the question by not answering the question. Beasley answered the question by yes. answering the question. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. And, you know, last football, the NFL season, there's like a series of like dumpster fires every week of games getting moved three days of, of, of uh, we, we should never have another Wednesday game as long as we live. Or who's the guy, and, that, and, yeah, and they, my, they got a quarterback for the uh, Broncos, the, the, the receiver. And I guess quickly, I have no reason to believe if like if the if an NFL field, especially with a lot of the skepticism coming from like a lot of coaches and coordinators, like is there any reason to believe that this football season might look any different than last? No, there's there's some, but so I'm going to turn to the state of Illinois, where something good happened. Hey, which is you know really not our vibe, but something good happened. <laughs> JB Pritzker signed a bill that made it illegal for police to lie to minors during interrogation, that it is common for them to tell them they have evidence. It is common for them to tell them that if they admit it, they can go home. All of these things. And Pritzker, uh, and we know that people under the age of 18 are two or three times as likely to make a false confession as people over the age of 18. And so Pritzker signed it, and some guy, uh, a man that uh, has spent 18, uh, 18 years in prison for a crime that he admitted to at 15, and then DNA cleared him, you know, and talked about how that was there. And so good for the state of Illinois. My rant is, how the fuck is this allowed in 49 states? How is it, like, I was a teacher, a teacher, and if I told the kid, look, your average is 57, so you really need to get going, but his average is actually 78, but I just want him to work harder, they'd fire me for lying to the student. Like, how is it, how... There are a lot of great cops. I mean, in this city, you know, there's a policeman, um, uh, House representative, who I respect as much as anybody I know, you know. I wish he was better on pot. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're often not great on pot. But, but regardless, that, that's, that is an issue of policy, not integrity. There are, I do not believe, I'm not an ACAP. I'm an MCAP. But regardless, how do we look at this and say that our system of policing in this country is so broken that we're just we're now picking up like talk about the low hanging fruit. We're picking up the rotten fruit off the ground and saying, "Do we really want to eat this?" Maybe this, this bill, while well intentioned, um, is absolutely going to be overturned by the Supreme Court. Uh, the Supreme Court has ruled multiple times that police have the ability to do this. That in an interrogation, they don't have to tell the truth. That it's on the perpetrator to be the one who tells the truth for children too. Children have a right to have their parent and a lawyer there. It's not like it's not like they're talking to kids by themselves. It is illegal for them to talk to kids without a parent. The same way it is illegal for nurses to deliver health care to children without their parents, things like that. They have a right, a child, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, an 8-year-old has a right to have their a lawyer and a legal representative as well as their parents in the room. If their parents and their lawyer do such a shitty job that the kid gives a false confession, that's on the lawyer and that's on the parent. Well, in this case, the, the guy that confessed decided he didn't want to call his mother and tell him that he was being accused of rape. 
and had no access to an attorney because he doesn't know the law because he's 15 and he's trusting the police officer because he thought that was the right thing to do. Well, what was worse, calling his mom or spending 18 years in jail? You're right. You're, you're right. The victim in this case is the police officer no, who the lied vi- to him. No, the victim's not the police officer, but it's not like people act as if cops are just sitting around like snidely whiplash, like twirling their mustache, waiting to be like, we're going to put this 15-year-old in jail. No, the kid has rights too. The kid has multiple, the kid had multiple options to get out of it, and he didn't. It, he's he, he's a victim. He's obviously a victim. He was he gave a false confession. He served crime. He served time in jail for a crime he didn't commit. He will probably sue the state of Illinois and win millions of dollars for that. You know, he will become a millionaire probably in the next couple of years. I can't listen to this without just thinking of like the the wire, like watch the wire, and it's a dark morality play of you know David Simon who cre- uh, you produced and created the show and he spent years uh, embedded in Baltimore with the police department. And the drug trade, and and uh, but there's there's so many scenes throughout the course of that series where like they, the cops, and the cops are not portrayed as heroes at all, right? and you know they're portrayed sometimes as they do things good, but they do things bad. They're everybody's compromised on this show, but there's so many scenes of like getting kids in like in rooms and just literally like, just telling them lies and saying this is going to happen because of this and this happened because of you know X and Y, and it's. Is this really, is it, what is this, nothing's going to change. I don't. It's got to be overturned by the Supreme Court. Yeah, I. Uh, it would be overturned by a liberal court. I'd like to think that cops. Uh, uh, Ginsburg would have voted to overturn it. Well, yeah, we, well, we know she was 100% <laughs> right on 100% of yeah, all No, things. but I mean, it, it would, it's got to be Infallible. overturned. There's, there's, there's cases upon cases and years upon years of case law and precedent that it's going to be. We are, the, we are the only one of the industrialized countries that allows police to lie to children. Yeah, we're not, the only one. I'm not saying we're doing policing perfectly or even we're doing it great <laughs> but it's 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 a uh, well-intentioned law that's going to be overturned all right so it did end up in the worst possible place for <laughs> no. No. i think uh myself and i think my two esteemed cohorts here spent much of their pre bill bradley collective recording saturday morning uh watching some of the open championship as ghastly as the nbc telecast is in terms of commercial breaks and it's it's almost like unwatchable like if you're not an actual golf fan but Three really class players at the top. Really cool course, Royal St. George and the southeast part of England. Um, Lynx Golf is real golf. It's why Bryson DeChambeau is out of the picture because these courses may actually make you think and execute and actually play golf instead of trying to uh, engineer something. To Did anybody call him Brooksy? Because that's just not fair. Well, a reporter uh, yes, did. He did. <laughs> he was, yes, indeed. A reporter called him Brooks. Well, then, but, then you know, I, then he has nothing to apologize for. <laughs> As a, to me, the Open Championship is the premier golfing event of the year. And last year, we were, because of COVID, we did not have one. So it's been two years since we've had a proper Open Championship. Let's, let's go back in time a little bit. Where, and, and they set, there's a rota, there's a rotation of courses that hosts the Open Championship. And back in the mid, the mid outs, the mid, uh, early 2010s, one Trump Turnberry, Turnberry at the time, had been awarded the 2020 championship. Now, there was no 2020 championship, but Turnberry would have gotten this year's event, 2021. Well, in 2015, and I believe we talked about this a bit on um, you know, a, tr- a Trump and sports podcast episode. But uh, just to quickly summarize there, the Royal Nation Golf Club of St. Andrews, which, which is the juris, which like the USGA, the PGA Tour in the States, the RNA in England, that's the governing body of golf in Europe. Uh, they decided Trump on the campaign trail in 2015. 
they found his, uh, they were, quote, unimpressed by some racial remarks. And to me, that's to use the word unimpressed is kind of the best way to kind of needle Trump. I think Trump wants nothing less than to be thought of as, I'm not, what, I'm not impressive? You're unimpressed with me? So I like that use of unimpressed. So they basically, they pulled Turnberry from the Rota. And in a year, this year, supposed to be last year, this year, where Turnberry was supposed to host the Open, our former president, 45, Donald Trump, decided to put forth a st- an official statement. An official statement. He's got the... I, I'm looking at it right now. I get the, the, the office of Donald J. Trump. There's a seal that... I don't know what that seal is, but there's like an American flag and some other flags and some... I, I don't know. Um, but let's, let's kind of go through this statement. Quote, I've spent some time watching the Open Championship, and in parentheses, formerly known as the British Open. Let's stop right there. The Open Championship, formerly known as the British Open. It's always been called the Open Championship. Lazy Americans call it the British Open because Americans are lazy and we don't respect history. We don't respect tradition. It's the fucking Open Championship. Please. (laughs) And it is terrific. But as almost all of the great players, sportscasters, and golf aficionados know, the realest site and course of all for the Open is Turnberry in Scotland. I don't Said nobody Ever. <laughs> over St. Andrews. Yeah, yeah over St. Andrews. Nobody <laughs> in history. Let's continue. It is truly a magical place. The players want to be there, and at some point in time, the players will be there. I doubt it. <laughs> but this course was not chosen for the Open because they consider a wonderful person and many time club champion named Donald J. Trump. Here we are. Now we're a third person. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> This is here we many, go. By the way, I, I want to. I want receipts on the many club champion claim. Oh no, the he, guy fucking doctors lies. He yeah. picks up balls, drops them wherever he wants. Like yeah, it's, the, it's all out there. You're not gonna. There's yeah. books yeah. published There's about his cheating. Yeah, I want some receipts on that claim. Yeah. Christ, named Donald J. Trump to be too controversial. He fucking stone cold Steve Austin now. <laughs> this is of course a false reputation caused mainly by the fake news media. Remember though. Controversy only makes things hotter. In any event, Turnberry is also the course where the greatest match of all time was played, nicknamed the Duel in the Sun. Duel being spelt here. D-U-A-L? D-U-A-L. <laughs> he needs a... I mean, come on, man. You're for Steve, Steve, uh, where's your proofreader but, 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 here? Miller's a where's your, Where is your editor? But by the way, he clearly... He does have an editor editor because if aficionado is not spelled O F F at the start, he didn't write it. True. Well he probably gets like he probably reads like cigar aficionado, so he just has <laughs> seen that a lot. It's already knows. Yeah. It's in front um, of him so he can type it. <laughs> on the toilet. Which uh, the duel in the sun, obviously duel is spelled uh wrong. <laughs> which boiled down to an open between the great Jack Nicholas and the great Tom Watson, yada yada. And he continues on, Turnberry is on the ocean with the most spectacular holes, sightlines, shots, and seaside views of any course in the world. It is a shame that the phenomenal Turnberry Golf Links, the best in the world, sits empty during open championships, while far lesser courses are on display. Oh well, life proceeds forward, exclamation point. Someday the Open will be back at Turnberry. Um, what? what? I literally, <laughs> reading this at about noontime watching the golf, I, I just fucking... I just spat. I coffee. <laughs> fell. I didn't spit coffee, but it just fell out of my mouth. I was just like laughing so hard. The grift never ends. It, 
he, it, never, it never fucking ends. He's like an ex-girlfriend. He's like, I'm actually happy he's moved on. <laughs> I, I, but, now he's de- but now he's desecrating like <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. the shit that I really, I mean. He, he, right. he's, I'm, glad, I'm glad he's, yeah, I'm glad he's happy now. I'm glad he's happy with that whore. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, he's moved on to a know, whore that I love. When, yeah. Nepal, when Napoleon was exiled, like he just kind of shut the fuck up and lived his life in exile. And Trump is kind of just stuck haunting the people of Mar-a-Lago. Like Casper the fat ghost. <laughs> and it's and he's just still doing this. And it's like I imagine we are one of the only to call us a media outlet is, <laughs> is Oh no no. We're, we're, but we're, but we're one of the fastest growing media outlets in the country. We're adding forty percent of viewership. It's true. Yeah. But if we do this for another twenty years, we're in great shape. Like it, it just <laughs> strikes me as like it strikes me as just sad. It's just like this is how you're spending your post presidency? Could you imagine watching the British Open and taking it as a personal insult? Like, like, how is that possible? It's a or the Open, it's a fucking Open. It has nothing to do with you. Like, no. like you know, yeah. The, the, the British people watching it aren't thinking about you. No one's. That's the problem. He wakes up in the morning and says, "Oh, there's lots of people not thinking about me today. How do I get them to think about me?" And then everyone participates in getting them to think about him. Like. No, th- this one is this one's really funny. That was really and the good. fact he couldn't spell duel right. That's what jumped out. French, to me. French yeah. kiss. Not even a hard word to spell. No, it's four letters. It's four it's letters. And they, and the two letter and the, the difference means two completely different words. And all these things from the desk of are not tweets. He has staff. Yeah. You know, he's not hiring all the like he couldn't get anybody good for him when he was president. So these people now these people are you know, these people are are juniors from florida international on an intern in a, on an internship like that's what it is yeah and with that uh this collective brain trust uh, will be back after the break where we're going to attempt to kind of alter the current draft format in sports with a special consideration towards labor rights and also considering co- you know competitive balance here on the bill bradley collective I used to worry about what I was breathing in. Oxygen, nitrogen, carbon dioxide. And then I discovered trees. 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 Yes, natural trees, with their photosynthetic respiration helping to produce just the right blend of the breathable atmosphere that our bodies need. Trees. 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 Trees may not be right for everybody. Side effects include tree houses, tire swings, fruit, shade, and woodworking. Please consult your biome before selecting a tree. Not every tree is right for every biome. Enjoy trees responsibly. All natural, safe, and effective trees. Now with chlorophyll. Available on a planet under you. So we're going to talk about the drafts in, in pro sports. And we're going to really concentrate on football and basketball. Because those are the sports where the drafts are a huge show. TV shows and TV presentations. But let's talk about baseball really quickly. The baseball draft, which started in 1966, I believe. I believe that was the first proper amateur draft. Andrew, who was the first person drafted? I have no idea. Rick Monday, is he dead or alive? Rick Monday is dead. Dead. So anyway. He was drafted in 66. (laughs) (laughs) If he's 18 in 66. Well, Reggie Jackson was drafted in 67. He's alive. And he's alive, yeah. Fair uh, enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But, but, so but, are many other but, players probably but, but, in that season. Yeah. But, but based on your actuarial tables, he won't make it till next year. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, baseball has an amateur draft. 
that only affects high school and college players in the United States. Every other player in the world, and by the way, most Major League Baseball players are not born in the United States. Every other player in the world, whether you're Fernando Tatis or Hideki Arabu uh, or whoever you are, could just sign with whoever the hell you want. Um, could we agree it's dumb to have a draft for one country and that the way to solve it is to get rid of the draft in the United States? Yeah, because what happens is you get big market teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox that can just throw $200 million at these guys to like cover the draft, cover the signing fees, cover the draft, cover all that. So it, you, it ends up with these guys go to these huge markets and they either fail or fail or succeed in these massive markets. It's what happens with like um, established Japanese stars that always come over here. It's literally, it's literally a bidding process. A team yeah. puts forth a bid to have the uh, the right to negotiate with the player, and you have also young Hispanic prospects, whether it be Venezuela, the Dominican. Cuba, wherever, where you can just sort of buy them at yeah, seven, it, it, 16, Matt, 17 Matt years Z- old. Matt Zaka, I think, was $50 million for the Red Sox to even right. get in the door. Right. Correct. And because the bidding wars for the foreign, there are bidding wars for the foreign players, then the American players, they still get to draft them because it's a different process, which makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. There is a limit to how much you could spend and of course, there's also a limit to how much you could you could play players in the draft, who you draft. I mean, league wide, but not for foreign players. If you set one total based on record, just one total, and just let them bid up, bid, bid, bid. Now, you know, what difference does it make? It's the same thing. It's almost impossible to tell who's going to be a good baseball player. The hockey player uh, draft, Zach, you're a big fan of, and you can explain why. Yeah, the hockey draft is. I- I think it's one of the better, better, more rational ones where they can, they basically can draft you when you're 18 coming out of high school and you, they'll still allow you to go two, three, four years in college and play. Uh, you can go to the juniors and play. They just, they simply have your rights when you come out. Um, there was a, there was, this season, uh, the Bruins had the rights to a, the Boston College goalie and he had just finished his last game in his senior year and the Bruins needed a goalie and they said, hey, you're our guy and called him up. And he was able to play in the NHL without having to go through the minors, not having to do all that stuff. Hockey allows for players to still have an amateur career without conceding those rights and to still grow and become like a, a full-grown man because there's a big difference in hockey and, and, and in baseball, but there's a, in, in any sport. But there's a huge difference in hockey between guys that are 18 and guys that are 22. And Ed, I'm sure you're going to get into this now, but and, and that the stark difference between that, that system and the NBA NFL system is that once you enter the draft, once once you hire an agent, once you sort of even before you're drafted, you essentially are a prof, quote unquote professional, despite never actually receiving like a check. But you seed all of that amateur status. Once you're in, you're in. Whether you're drafted, not drafted, the desire to have the job makes you responsible to follow the le- the rules of the job. Which doesn't exist anywhere ever. Like that's I yeah. Mean, ho- hockey is the most. It's the most rational of the drafts. So mm. all right. So Zach, let's let's talk about. I don't know. Do you want like? Do you want to handle basketball or football separately? Because I, I think my, for for the purposes of mine, basketball and football are functionally the same. I I think I'm going to be the only one. I probably will be the only one that will actually keep that actually keeps the draft system in place. Um, I think the draft system does have some value. Even though it takes all the rights away from the players, it does have some value in the sense of it brings parity to the league. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
don't need the number one receiver coming out of college. The New England Patriots in their peak didn't need didn't need when they had the ability to just simply get the guest player. I, there's value in the draft. My biggest rule change, or the, the one I would make most immediately, is that it, it happens more in basketball than in college, so it's kind of irrelevant to college. You mean football. Fo- sorry, kind of irrelevant to college football. Where it happens where guys will co- simply come out, they'll, they'll declare for the draft, they can't hire an agent, and then if they don't get drafted, they simply just go back to being in college for another year, another two years. Uh, I would get rid of that. I would get rid of the ban on agents. I think that there is significant value, especially now that players can be paid, to have a you know quote unquote adult in the room that is responsible for their finances, that is responsible for their image, that is responsible for their brand, that can actually build it. I would get rid of the the ban on hiring agents for collegiate athletes and the ban on this, but more particularly to the draft, the ban on if you come out and hire an agent that you lose your NCAA status. I think that's ludicrous. I think that's ridiculous. Um, it puts all those players that come out and don't hire an agent at a massive disadvantage because the doors simply won't open as much for them. The other one, I, the other change I would do because to protect players' rights is that I believe there should be two drafts. I believe there should be the draft and then if the players hold out uh, for the teams and if they don't repeat, if they don't report to camp, they don't sign a contract by let's say the mandatory mandated uh, days to o- o- to rookie OTAs that they have, the rookie training sessions. That if they're not there at that point, then there is a second draft of the bottom ten teams, and they get to draft all the players that held out again, because that would allow them to. If there's a big name player who say doesn't want to go to a school, doesn't want to go to a certain team, they still have the right to get to the NFL. And it can still bring parity to the league while protecting their rights. So in the NFL, though, each draft pick has a slotted amount of money. Oh, yeah, I get rid of that. That, that exists. And in, in the NBA, they have a slotted amount of money. But you can go 80% below. It, it could be from 80% of that to 120% of that, you, depending on yeah. your cap space. Because um, it's it still counts, unlike the NFL, it still counts toward the total cap space. So you would get rid of that because because really we don't see very many college holdouts anymore because well, you know what you're making basically when you walk in the door. Well, we cover well we also covered this in season one where the new CBA uh, that came out really disincentivizes holding out. It, yes, it, it takes all the power away from the players. It basically says like, no, you're stuck here for five years. I don't think that they should have to be stuck in a team that they don't want to be in for five years. They should have a, simply a second draft where all the other teams especially the lower teams, get a chance to now take these players in, make them fit into the system because Trevor Lawrence didn't decide the Jaguars were a good system for him. The Jaguars decided Trevor Lawrence was a good fit for their system. That takes all the power away from Trevor Lawrence. If he decided to hold out, he has a chance to then go to a different team that has a better system for him. Yeah, okay. But you can't really hold out for money because you know the money you're making. I'd get rid of the money. I'd I'd go back. I'd I'd turn the clock back in the NFL where it'd be like, the, fir- the first pick in the draft does not have a limit. Like, what was there it? There was the uh, time Jamarcus Russell, very uh, famously. Brad- Bradford. Not Brad- Sam, Sam Bradford, Bradford, too. Bradford. Yep. Russell, Bradford. They, they made, yep. made like $40 million. No, like guaranteed. $76 million guaranteed. And, and they said, we're not doing this again. And the next year, and I forget who the quarterback was right after him, but it was a better quarterback. I believe it was Cam Newton, actually. Yes, you're right. It was Cam Newton. Uh, made about a third of that. Yeah. I don't think there is a bigger affront to labor rights, workers' rights, and sort of the discrepancies between ownership, management, and labor than what we see in the NFL and the NBA draft. I really think it's kind of 
offensive and immoral and just kind of think about and I hate to and and, be, and people have made and I'm not the you know they're highly publicized cases of of just like well if you're a professional if you're a doctor you're a lawyer like you you decide where you go and like that's all well and good and I and I agree and that's why I'm but to turn professional in your field and to have where you live where you work where you where, where you start and perhaps raise a family where you you know just kind of settle to be dictated by the hierarchy of said profession to me is is just at, at that needs to be detonated just blown away get out i think and i think the draft as an entity is little better than indentured servitude we take the people who are incredibly economically valuable for the people they work for incredibly and say, because you are so unique, because you are unique, because you are so talented, because you are so different from everyone else, you will have fewer rights than Ed Levy had when he was an English teacher looking for a job. That, you know, that you're going to have way less rights, fewer rights than that. So here's the way the NFL currently works. And we're going to talk about the NBA next. So in 2020... And that, that's the year I used. There is $1.4 billion divided up among the 32 teams for the drafted players. That is a separate pool than than the cap. I mean, uh, the regular. Because you know. it's fixed. It's, it's fixed. Yeah. But because the costs are so fixed that it's very clear when you draft a player what will be played. In 2020, Joe Burrow was the first person selected. He got $36 million for the first four years with a fifth-year option by the team, not the player. And uh, Clyde Edward uh, Erlair made $10.8 million for for over four years. As the 32nd pick. Right, as the 32nd pick with a fifth-year option for the team. When you get to the second round, the money drops, but the fifth-year option drops also. So So that realistically... You are almost penalized for, penalized for being the last pick in the first round as opposed to being the first pick in the second round. Um, it cost Lamar, Lamar Jackson untold amounts of money. That's a great example. Now, here's where the math comes in. If you look at that, that's $43.75 million per team for rookies. Right, That's what everybody gets. What if we said that instead of picking players based on your record, that the salary you can pay for all rookies increases for the players based on where you are in the draft. So if you're number one in the draft, you don't necessarily get Trevor Lawrence, but you can spend however you want up to $70 million because that's 1.6 times the, the cap of the, the medium. The medium will be the middle. Obviously, that's what medium means. And if you're the 32nd team, you can spend $17 million. So that the Chiefs probably aren't going to get Clyde Edward Hurley because they can't afford him. So that what it would do is actually increase competitive balance. What it would really harm is teams that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Why are we still incentivizing? And part of the, my biggest problem with the draft is the fact that teams that are like, and you can say, oh, they're small markets, so we'll, there's, the money, there's, no, there's no there's, small market football teams. It's no there's small market basketball teams. There's I'm, no small market. I'm not football sure there teams. are any more left in basketball now. You can, uh, say, yeah, it, you yeah, can yeah. say it in baseball. You can say it in hockey. Me- I'm Memphis, not sure. Memphis, Oklahoma City. 
No free agent signing with Memphis, Oklahoma City. But generally, the teams that are bad are just teams that are mismanaged and misrun. And I, it's a weird how the lottery, the NBA lottery, especially they 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 pair it, they they put up these executives, and when they get the first pick, it's like you're you fucking suck at your job, and now we're gonna celebrate you tonight on national TV at halftime of you know the Eastern Conference Finals game. It's like, I I I. I so you you would just say everything's everything's open. I think you have a salary I think cap. If you decide open. to exit college, which is at your own discretion, but if you're gonna enter enter free agency, there you are. My problem with Open that, market. My problem with that is those, those late round picks that turn out to be really good. How many teams are going to take chances on them? How, well, many, how many teams are How many teams are going to take chances on a guy that might fit in their system? Might not. Could be a great role player. Maybe he's good. Good. We're going to have him for three years. I don't see them taking the chance on that guy versus somebody else that they know is a but, more but sure thing. But let's say you are. Let, let's say you're the. Um, Seattle, okay? You have a team that's going to win 10, 11 games a year. Your roster, or Dallas is better. Your roster's top-heavy, right? Yep. Your roster's top-heavy. All the money goes to the top. You might say, it's better for me to take 15 guys at the bottom. Get them all. Because I don't, I don't need stars. I have stars. I just need the guys who aren't stars not to suck. And then say, so because some teams might say, you know what? I'm, I'm Jacksonville. I have $70 million. I'm going to spend $40 million of it on Trevor Lawrence, and then I'll get him a receiver that he wants, and then we'll go from there. Whereas Dallas, I mean, it, different teams have different needs, and but the player now gets a voice in where he goes. Like Jordan Love. You're Jordan Love. You're the fifth-best quarterback. Do you want to go to the Packers? Of course you don't want to go to the Packers. What the hell are you going to do on the Packers? You're going to watch you're going to watch Aaron Rodgers play and hate you. But you're like, going to get paid like a first-round pick. But you're going to get paid like a first-round pick. Okay. But you could also get paid. You might make the decision, it is better for me. And you get rid of the – they could sign for however long you want them and you, you get rid of that fifth-year option rule. Now we – you know, now the player and the team have to come to some agreement about, well, what is this looking like? What am I doing? Like maybe Jordan, like Aaron Rodgers had to sit and watch Brett Favre play for three years. We were all denied three years of Aaron Rodgers. Everybody in America was denied three years of Aaron Rodgers. I think in football, what you would see is they would draft one big star and like linemen. I it, think, it, it, it would improve. It would increase the odds of like alignment, defensive and offensive, because those are the low paid guys. Those are the, those, those, I mean, inside linebackers, safeties, running backs are the low paid guys. It would hurt running backs because it would hurt running backs. It would hurt running backs because who have, no, the, who have the shortest career and no one's spending ten million on a running back. No. However, maybe you do. Maybe you say, you know what? If I have these two running backs, how bad am I going to be? Yeah. If you get Adrian Peterson coming out of college, you look at that. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give you ten yeah, million. Right. Yeah. But it's a converse, It's negotiations, and I mean, I know we'll hate this. ESPN will hate this, but <laughs> which means it probably doesn't happen. But what it does do is it makes teams think about, well, how do I build? And teams would build differently. The problem I have with the NFL is everybody plays the same way. Yeah. Here, teams would build differently. If you're, maybe you don't take Zach Wilson, the COVID denier. Maybe you don't take him. Uh, but maybe you take, actually, you know what? Vax, vax denier, not maybe, COVID denier. Maybe you take, maybe you say, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to go for Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to put it all my, all out bid. Because I think the difference between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson is vast. I'm going to bid a lot of money, put in a lot of money for Trevor Lawrence. 
I didn't lose him just because I, wa- I won a game. I was punished for winning a game. And you see that when you're – and, and I got to get this out there, and I think you guys agree. Like, I kind of love watching the NFL draft. I love watching the NBA draft. I'm into it. I'm into, like, the, the week leading up. We've doing, zoomed, doing, we've no, zoomed the research. last two drafts. Yeah, they're and great. They're fun. great fun. Fun things with friends. It's great fun. And it's – and as fans of the college uh, games, too, it's like – but think about, uh, like, a, like your, your mock draft – and then just a raw sort of like, okay, who are the top 50 players in this draft? This year's NFL draft, for example, you have this, you have a lot of teams with needs at quarterback, but you have kind of that lower end, you know, like, 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 a Zach, like Zach Wilson goes uh, one second. One second. Where on most just raw top player boards, he's like kind of a fringe top 10 guy. Yeah, he like was like he's eight, not, nine. He's yeah. not considered the second best high-impact player in this class. But because a team has a demand for a quarterback, well, that's going to, that kind of artificially injects his, his, his value, which is, which is fine. What this plan would do was not, I'm not artificially, plan. accurately no. boost Trevor Lawrence's value versus everybody else. Like Trevor Lawrence now, the difference between Trevor Lawrence and second is much different. Bigger because more teams are going to bid for him. But it, but in your in your haste to get rid of the draft, you've also put up two other people out of work, which is Mel Kiper and Todd McShay. And Another someone, benefit. Someone hey. needs to stand up for the rights of Mel Kiper. No, no one does. That nor nor his hairdresser. Was, was it Bill Polian that was like Mel Kiper knows as much about football as my postman? Remember that? <laughs> like fucking thirty years ago, before he went for ESPN. Yeah, we drafted Heath Schuler, I think. No, so the NBA, the NBA, I did a similar thing. With, you know, the, the NBA draft, it's pretty vast. The front first uh, pick in the draft gets 8.1 to 8.5 million over the first three years, 8.9 million. 30th gets 1.6 to 1.8. I think you have to be more extreme here in the valuing because the players, are, the, the impact of one player is so great. And the other thing that it's tricky to do with the NBA is I would want there to be a connection between free agency and how much you have to spend on the draft. Because this, right now, the NBA is in danger of being an L.A., New York, Miami league. Yeah. Um, and and <sighs> here, like, okay, Giannis went 15th. They could have gotten Giannis probably. The Bucks could have gotten Giannis for the price they paid. Like, they probably could have gotten him. And so, you know, I think that that's a similar, it's a, it's a similar thing where I do think for competitive balance, you need to have a structure. But I don't believe that that structure should take away player rights. And I think this is a punch down the middle. The problem is for the NFL and the NBA, the draft at ESPN, the draft is among their biggest. It's huge. The NFL draft is a three-day. It's simulcast on, on broadcast ABC and ESPN and NFL Network. Three of like the 20 most, 15 most watched. I mean, it's, but, it's but ridiculous it, for three it, days. But it doesn't make it right. No, no. it's not right. Oh, the, the NFL draft is probably to, more watched than the Pro Bowl. Oh, oh, my God. Absolutely. Yeah. Roseanne reruns on Cozy TV or walks in the Pro Bowl. Why is Zion Williamson not a max player when he when he leaves Duke? Why is he not just immediately just like this guy as a laborer, what he does, what he is worth? Why is he not? Like you know, anything and, that pro- that prohibits that sort of thing. We're like, why why is he not just And maybe he, that's what he deserves. Maybe he can't won't go to New Orleans. But maybe New Orleans can take three players. Because they're the first pick in the draft, and now they have a team. Like it, I think, it what it would do is it would expose bad teams 
Like teams that are badly run would be killed because you can't. And those are the teams that pick at the top of the draft. You can't stumble into LeBron James. The last player taken number one overall in the NBA that has won a title with that team that took them. And obviously LeBron did it, but LeBron left and then came back. But it's Tim Duncan, and it's 1997. And it's, it's, we're going on 25 years here. I mean, do you, but, do you, but do, you, do you think the nil, the nil, the name, image, name, image, and likeness ruling that the NCAA is now allowed, do you think that kind of starts to solve this problem a little bit? Not at all. No? Okay. This is, this is that's pennies on the Benjamins. Like, yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. It's you bullshit. know, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's bullshit. Like, Trevor Lawrence is worth, as a 20 year old, Trevor Lawrence nine has figures. an economic nine impact figures. of nine figures, and he sees none of it till he turns 21, and then he sees an amount determined by somebody else, and not even the te- not even his employer, but his employer's employer. He doesn't see it till it's the next deal at 26. He doesn't see that. He's on a fixed it, thing now. Right. First four years, and he's got the option, but then it's when he gets into we can stay and get a mega extension for... I assume in five years he'll be the highest paid quarterback in the league. I assume based on what the Mel Kuypers tell me about Trevor Lawrence. But he's again, really, like he's good. They say he's. They say it's Elway. They say it's Luck. They say it's Manning. Well, he should. He should be able to cash in and get a nine figure check tomorrow. He sh- I think he, it's his right. And if a team is poorly run and they sign him to that deal and it doesn't work out, well, it's on them. But you also don't walk in, want to walk in. I, I do think there needs to be separate caps because you don't want him to walk into a situation where everybody on the team goddamn hates him because he's telling he's taking all their money out. He hasn't played yet. Oh, you also don't want a guy like Jamarcus Russell who's a bust and the Raiders are stuck on the line with him for... That's true. Well, but... $70 million. And it's why they sucked for as many years as yeah. they But you know after. what? But they could then say, you know what? We're going to pay you. We'll guarantee you. We'll pay you. We'll guarantee you 36, but it's a two-year deal. Right well, now... Both sides, the players and the and the teams, have n- no negotiating power. It's determined contractually before the guy's a member of the league, and it's just that's not right. So that's solved. Well, I, mean, I think I think if if we were gonna do I, I think if we were gonna redo the draft, you I I've been outvoted. I think we get rid of the I draft. Like, I like Ed's compromise. I'm I'm I think I think it's, it's an improvement on what is in place now. For sure. I'm not sure it's a perfect system. It's a better system. And we'll never see it because the NFL, the NFL is what loses control. Trying to negotiate. The players get more control. <laughs> yeah. The team gets more control. But the uh, the nonprofit that is the NFL does not get more control. The three the three of us trying to negotiate, like, essentially new, like, collective bargaining agreements for these multi-billion dollar entities is, it's not easy, man. <laughs> trying to do it, and trying to do it in a half in, hour In is, 20 minutes, uh, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, Brandon's going to carpal yeah. tunnel because he's waving his wrist so much that we got <laughs> to need to go. wrap up. And with that, with one problem solved, we will see you next week on the Bill Bradley Collective. Thank you for joining us on the Bill Bradley Collective. If you enjoyed today's episode, please smash that subscribe button and follow us on Facebook at the Bill Bradley Collective. We'll see you all again next week.